0: Welcome to the Thunder Buddies Podcast. I'm Joe Masato, joined by Barry Trammell, here to recap the Thunder's 129-109 to loss to the Washington Wizards on Friday night at Chesapeake Energy Arena. The theme of tonight, Barry, was Russell Westbrook's second return to the peak, and it was sort of an unceremonious one because, you know, we, we were both at the first game. I thought that was, you know, one of the most fun games to be at and cover last year uh, when Westbrook and the Rockets returned. It was pre-pandemic. Everyone was going crazy. Um, probably the loudest game of the year and Russ put on a show. He had, I think he had 34 in that game. This one totally different. No one in the seats, uh, no pre-game video, obviously for a second game back. Um, no, No no fake crowd noise, no cheers, no booze, no no nothing. And um, it was also different because, you know, the Thunder has 17 players on its roster. Not one of them played played with Russell Westbrook, even though it's only been two years, exactly two years since Westbrook um, played for the Thunder. So um, not too many familiar faces except for the – you know, a, f- a few staff members. Mark Degnan was a was the G League coach when Westbrook for Westbrook's last five years. So the the connections are already sort of disappearing. It's crazy to think about. Um, but Barry Westbrook put on a show. He had a triple double. Uh, goes without saying, I guess. Thirty seven points, eleven assists and 11 rebounds, and it wasn't just the triple-double from Monday night where he was very inefficient. Tonight was a triple-double where he was very efficient, 14 of 23, three of four from three, and, you know, he he played an excellent game, I thought.
1: Yeah, and he, he, his attitude seemed different. If you remember Monday night, or was it Monday night? Whatever night it was. Monday night, yeah. Monday night, he seemed to be on an, on an assist mission. He really wasn't looking at the basket. He was uh, making some great passes at like times over passing. There was none of that tonight. Any chance he had to go around to the basket, he went to it. I thought he maybe read some of the press clippings about Darius Baisley and what a good job Baisley did on Westbrook. At one time, he sort of muscle backed him down. You uh, rocked and the baby. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it, it, he backed him down sort of like. He was the six eight guy being guarded by a three guy. It's actually opposite, of course. So uh, he, he played with a chip on his shoulder. He, he's always got a chip on his shoulder, but he played with something to prove tonight, and he had a fantastic game.
0: Yeah, I felt kind of weird in the postgame press conference asking Mark Dagnall about, like, Russell Westbrook seemingly playing with an edge tonight because it seems like he plays with an edge every night, but certainly an edge tonight. Um, I think coming back to Oklahoma City, it didn't matter if there were 18 people in the seats or 18,000 people, uh, he he didn't seem to care and wanted to put on a show. And it actually got a little chippy there at the end. So, um, you know, with a, with a few minutes left, he had an and one, he backed down for an and one, finished through the foul, then Mark Dagnall called timeout. Everything's normal, Russ goes back to the bench. But when he returns to shoot the free throw, uh, to cap off the end one, a lot of chirping between Westbrook and the Thunder bench. Um, from where I'm sitting, it's sort of hard to see and hear exactly what's going on. Um, but it looked like Kenrich Williams was one of the guys out there really talking to Westbrook. I, I don't know who else, but they were going back and forth. And then a couple of possessions later, Westbrook was called for a technical and Barry, maybe you had a better view or could hear something better from watching on TV. Um, but it just looked like Westbrook was yelling at the Thunder bench after he got assessed to technical. And I asked Mark Dignault about it after the game, and he said, "That's just competitive stuff. That's all that is." So, uh, I haven't heard yet what Russ has said after the game. But Barry, what what did you, what did you see just maybe from from watching on TV? I don't really know what was
1: eating at Gilbert Grape, but <laughs> you know, but truthfully. Uh, he's just, it's typical Russ, just losing his mind and getting, you know, he's crazier than a So he's, he's sitting there hollering. And, and at one point, I think Scotty Brooks tried to calm him down. Somebody on the wizard side tried to calm him down and he goes, you know, he, he gets mad at them. Um, and then goes back to chirping at the Thunder bench and goes down the side and down the line and shakes hands with his teammates and, when he get when he shakes hands with Bradley Beale at the end, he goes on past and Beale sort of puts his hands in his head like, "Oh boy, this guy's this guy's a piece of work." But um, so I don't know what it was, but he was clearly agitated. You know, Russell Westbrook is the world's foremost inventor of enemies. I mean, he wakes up with a new enemy in his mind, and whether it's justified or not. He just he he believes and he believes in uh in creating enemies. I guess it motivates him. So he's he's uh you know, very capable of that. And clearly somebody over there on the bench, you know, tripped his trigger. Stunningly, you know, none of these guys played with Russell Westbrook. Um
0: Yeah, I wonder if it's like easier to make enemies or hard like, you know, when Steven Adams isn't standing over there or you know, any any of the yeah. other
1: guys he's played with. Yeah, I mean, he's not he's not I don't think he, he's not gonna do much with the team wise, um, when there's guys like like Schroeder or or Adams, particularly Stone Cold, because they you know he was one of Westbrook's all time favorite teammates. So it's a bunch of strangers. They might as well have been playing Charlotte to him.
0: Yeah, no kidding.
1: The, the 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 staff is different. Dagnall was with the blue, yeah. But you know, it's just a case of it's just a case of Russ being Russ. You know, that's what we used to say all the time. So why wouldn't we keep saying it? That's just Russ being Russ.
0: Yeah. What one cool moment though that um, uh, I, I saw after the game, and um, is you know whatever anger uh, Russ had built up during the game went away instantly. Um, after the buzzer sounded it, it was pretty cool he he walked across the court and you know he usually gives his shoes away but he took his shoes off and gave them to Thunderstapper Ayanna Lawson and I don't know if they were for her or if he told her to give them to somebody um, but they gave each other a hug and then Russell uh, waved and hugged with a few former Thunderstaffers that have been around much longer than you know some of the coaching staff or, or certainly all of the players so there, there were there were some touching moments after that that he wasn't able to interact with any fans, um, but but he was able to catch up with some of the former Thunder staffers and uh, seemed to enjoy seeing them again.
1: Yeah, you know a lot, a lot of those guys stuck by Russ no matter what, whether it's Matt Tumbleson in PR or whether it was uh, St. Ives and you know in uh, the, uh, operations or yeah, heck, you know he. Uh, his old his old stat crew is mostly gone. You know, I, mean, I think last year was the first year of a new stat crew. Most of the veterans uh, stepped down, so he may not know much of the stat crew. He stayed in good he stayed in good standing with those guys. <laughs> but whoever it might be, you know, uh, the training staff, uh, uh, Wilson, you know, uh, Wilson Taylor, so all kinds of people. would still have a connection with no doubt about it
0: what what do you think well first off like what do you what do you remember from being at that game last year when the when the Rockets came back and, and what the atmosphere was and and what do you think it will be like you know by the time fans see him again in Oklahoma City it will be three seasons removed like what what do you think just a normal Westbrook coming back to Oklahoma City no matter who he's playing for is going to be like moving forward? Well,
1: it's not going to be as emotional as it was a year ago um
0: clearly
1: russell was emotionally touched by the reception not just from the fans who you know showered uh you know palm branches upon him but also you know the video tribute from the thunder and and all those kinds of things Um, It won't be that like that. Um, You know, you only get to really make a a first return once. But I do think he'll always be warmly received. Um, I think he'll be heralded. um, it'll, It'll just be a little less as time marches on. But he will always be the, you know, the ultimate hero coming back, unlike Durant, unlike Harden, unlike Abaka, unlike George, unlike just about anybody. I mean, no, no one will touch that. I don't think so. Yeah, um,
0: it would have been interesting to see if, if fans would have been back when you know Steven Adams came back because
1: yeah, that would then that'll be that'll be a good one. It, it, I mean, it won't it won't approach Russ right, but it will be. I, here's a good way to look at it. I think next season. I think the ovation, the reception for Adams will be bigger than the reception for Russ just because the fans haven't been able to unleash their emotion Mm -hmm. over Stone Cold and how much they adored him because he was a fan favorite. He's actually more of a fan favorite than Westbrook. Uh, There weren't any Adams detractors. There were some people that sort of got tired of Westbrook's shtick, but everybody appreciated what he did what he accomplished what he did for the for the franchise his his uh loyalty not just stated but um, but uh, activated so uh but but the longer it goes the less you know the less that kind it's just sort of like durant the venom towards durant is less than it was um you know that first time back four years ago so I, I, I think uh, he'll always be he'll always be the hero returning, but it, it'll never be as emotional as it was a year ago.
0: Yeah. Well, Barry, I suppose we should get to this game a little bit. No, I don't know the way. I don't know
1: that we have to do that. Do we have to do that? <laughs> I think I got a question for you. Yes, sir. I, I might have got I might have got mixed up, but Dagnall after the game was talking about. He first said five or six talking about five of the last six games, and he said, well, really, I think six out of the last seven, he talked about the Thunder being really competitive um, despite losing. Was he was he considering tonight a competitive game?
0: I suppose so. I mean, yeah, I mean, they got beat by 20 points. Yeah, they did get beat by 20, but it was 70-68. to 68. At halftime, and you remember, like, in some of those I'm, – I'm certainly not defending that statement because tonight was um, objectively a blowout. But, you know, some of those huge losses they had, they would get down, like, 38-15 to 15 in the first quarter. Yeah. No, that's, something yeah. like that. And then it was over. This one was, like, you know, a game until the third quarter.
1: Yeah, I just – I thought that was a little bit interesting. Um, let me uh... – I just don't know how competitive this is. Let me read to you the Washington shooting by quarters. You ready? I'm ready. Here's what. Do, do uh, uh, let me quiz you first. Most coaches uh, uh, try to seek consistency out of their squad. Wouldn't would you not agree?
0: <laughs> I would agree. Okay.
1: The Thunder defense tonight was among the most consistent in NBA history. It literally. It might have been the most consistent defense in NBA history tonight. Here's the Washington shooting by quarters. 12 of 23. 12
0: of 21. 12 of 24. 12 of 25. Wow. That's something I did not notice,
1: Barrett. It's the craziest. It's the, it's the most consistent. Either offense or defense, however you want to look at it, that I literally have ever seen. They made 12 baskets in each quarter, one a minute. And then they and they shot between 21 and 25 times each quarter. So uh the defense was not very good. Washington's a pretty good offensive team. They're not a bad offensive team. Their defense stinks. Yeah. You know, they got they got some high-level offensive players. Davis Bertrands is, you know, quite the shooter. Bradley Beal's the leading scorer. Russell Westbrook is Russell Westbrook. So um
0: that was basically it though, by the way. I, and I know that's a lot. They are a good offensive team at times, but it was like such a contrast in scoring. Obviously the Thunder star, Shea Gilders-Alexander is out, but you had Westbrook score 37, Beale score 33, uh, Bertons come off the bench for 12, uh, Neto did have did have 15, but then you look at the Thunder, uh, Baisley with 20, Maladone with 20, Dort with 18, and Isaiah Roby with 18. So, um, you know, some of these Thunder games we've seen like Dort go off for a couple games, Basley go off for a couple games. Tonight was like four players all scoring between 18
1: and 20. Yeah, that that Thunder line looked like a game from last year with G.A. and Paul and Schroeder and Gallinari all. Exactly, yeah. 18 or 19 points a game. And sometimes they had games like this with four guys between 18 and 20. But, um, not a real efficient game for the Thunder. You know, they get outshot by 10 percentage points. That's a, you know, that's a good way to lose a basketball game. They get outscored on the three-point line. They get outscored by 24. So they get outscored by 21 points on three-pointers. They,
0: they actually won the turnover battle. It might be – I'd have to go back and look, but I, I uh, would venture to guess it might be the first time in this 13-game losing streak they have not lost the turnover battle.
1: Probably, probably so. And, and Dagnold even mentioned it that they outscored uh, the Wizards on, on points off turnovers, which is yeah,
0: twenty to sixteen, which is also the number game. of turnovers. Yeah.
1: So, um, it, in in Dagnall's defense, it, it it wasn't a terrible game. It was not an out and out blowout. You know, in the in the fourth quarter, it got a little hairy for the. Uh, for the Wizards, uh, not not fourth quarter, late third, they cut it to six. And Thunder cut it to six inside of a minute. Lou Dort had a drive um, to cut it to four. He didn't make it. Thunder comes down. Um, Bertrand's makes a corner three. Lou Gr- Lou uh, Lou Dort is griping to the refs about the non-call on the other end. He gets teed up. All of a sudden, it's a ten-point game. And it never got back to single digits. So um well, no, it actually they, they cut it to eight points at 104.96 there, uh midway through the fourth quarter. So yeah, they didn't get blown out. They were fairly competitive. Um, but Washington's actually turned it around. You know, the Wizards are now twenty-six and thirty-three, I think it is.
0: What 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 kind of world is this when um the Knicks and the Wizards have the longest winning streaks in the NBA?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, here's what kind of world it is. It's 1974.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, you know, the Knicks are trying to, to whack the bullets by saying, hey, trade us Earl Monroe, and they eventually did. So, actually, uh, I think that was in 72, 73. But anyway, yeah, it's it's a uh,
0: – the, the Wizards have won seven straight, by the way, and are in 10th place. In the East, so as we talked about Monday, the battle between Billy Donovan and Scott Brooks. Scott Brooks currently holds a one-game lead over I Billy think, and West. I think he,
1: I think they're going to be, I think they're going to get that tenth spot, uh, maybe even ninth. I, I think the Wizards' schedule is easier than Chicago's going forward. So
0: yeah, and they're only a game and a half back of Indiana, which we just right. know the Indiana's putting out there. Yeah, so I think Wizards
1: will make the playoffs and, and get into that play-in tournament. Which I'm sort of looking forward to. I sort of like it.
0: Well, and then if they win the play-in, it's it's KD and uh, and Harden against for us.
1: Maybe yeah. I mean if yeah yeah. First. With uh, with Jeff Green, isn't he a net also? Isn't that one? Yes, <laughs> I think mean, Jeff Green's a net too. So um, he can be out there helping helping out. So that's right. It would be uh, that would be sort of fun. Uh, Durant, Harden, Westbrook,
0: and Jeff, Jeff
1: Jeff Green and Scotty Brooks all sitting there together. Um, yeah. So um, you know it's a it's a case of Washington's had that terrible start, but they're they're getting in pretty good gear, and and the Thunder is solidifying at number five from the bottom spot, so it can't get too upset. So things are actually going about as good as the Thunder could hope.
0: A very even 20 and 40 now are the Thunder. Um, very last thing from this game I wanted to touch on just because I found it mildly interesting As Moses Brown started tonight and he played just seven minutes. Mark Dignall said against Washington, they thought they'd have an advantage, maybe putting a faster guy on the floor against Alex Lynn and, you know, um, bringing him away from the rim a, a little bit. So Isaiah Roby was the Thunder's best center tonight. Uh, Tony Bradley only played 11 minutes, so very few minutes were Bradley and Brown as the Thunder go smaller with Roby, who I thought played a pretty good game.
1: Yeah, and, you know, uh, the thing I like is you got a good answer from Dagnold about uh, when you asked him about that. He, he explained why, which is foul trouble in the first half, four. And then – um you know the circumstances. of Isaiah Roby playing pretty well at the five because of matchups, and then wanting to see wanting to see uh, Tony Bradley more because he, he played pretty well in limited minutes in the first half. So I understand that Brown did not look particularly good in his six minutes. Six fifty. He just had one rebound tonight, um, and uh, he had a
0: technical tonight. Him man. two Louis points. Boy, that, was, that was interesting.
1: Yeah, you know what this. Surely the Thunder's last in the league in technical fight.
0: Yeah, like surely. I mean, I I think they could be one. last by like a huge margin too. They hardly ever get one.
1: That's why I thought this frustration part was a good question, asking how how frustrated the squads getting, um, because um, they don't they don't get many technicals. Man, do- I
0: need to I need to look that up.
1: How, how many Dagnall had two or
0: three all year? I don't know. Yeah, I think you can count them on one hand.
1: So um, the losing's got to wear on you, you know, we sit here and sort of delight in thunder losses, because that helps the lottery. But Kendrick Williams and, and uh, Teo Maladon and Isaiah Roby and Lou Dort, they're not thinking about the lottery. They're trying to trying to beat the Wizards and they're trying to beat the Pacers and they're trying to beat the Raptors. And they're trying to beat the Bulls and trying to beat the Cavaliers, whoever comes across it. And
0: and Dagnall talked about they've got a lot of guys who are, like, you know, trying to solidify their spot in the NBA. So, obviously, they're trying to play well.
1: Yeah, there's not – they're not taking one for the team by playing poorly. Yeah. Yeah. He's exactly right about that. I mean, uh, Moses Brown, I mean, he knows what it's like to not have an NBA job. Ty Jerome? Yeah. He seemed on the verge of not being in the league.
0: Kenrich Williams
1: Kenrich Williams is perpetually overlooked. So those are not the kind of guys that's going to take a night off.
0: Yeah. I mean, we just talked about Roby too. He's in that category. Yeah, exactly.
1: So and fee, you know, Mihillic, he's not, you know, he doesn't have a, he's not a maiden man. So uh, Jalen hoard. I mean, the list goes on and on. So they're trying, they're working at it. They're just outmanned and the losses are mounting.
0: Yeah. Um, a bit of interesting news to finish off the night with. Somewhere in the city of Oklahoma City is Gabriel Deck, uh, the Argentine. Oh, oh, he made it. Deck is here. Deck is <laughs> deck, deck. has arrived. Well, that's um,
1: fantastic news. I need a. I need a pick me up. I need a infusion of something interesting into this season. So that's yeah, great
0: news. So I, I assume at some Oklahoma City hotel is Gabriel Deck, and uh, yeah. So Deck confirmed before the game that he is here. Um, So his uh, obviously visa process, everything went through that was delayed a little bit. Um, And he still has to pass a physical and COVID-19 protocols, and then he's going to be able to join the team. So still not like a firm timetable. There's only 12 games left in the season. So um, I don't know if he's going to be available Monday night, Philadelphia, or when deck will make his debut, but um, it's, fairly certain at this point that Deck will have some sort of um, minutes with the Thunder um, to, to close the season out, which will be interesting. Yeah, it will be interesting.
1: Always good to see South Americans join the squad. And um, I'm anxious to see what kind of player this guy is. He seems like half small forward, half power forward. A little bit, maybe of a Kendrick Williams clone. I don't know. I'd like to yeah. come to. In seeing. So,
0: he's also 26, so not like a super super young guy either.
1: No, so you know if, if he's 26, he's probably smoked six thousand cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those <laughs> Europeans and you know the the South Americans who have played in Europe. I mean, I no telling what's been going on. Um, yeah. But
0: I, I cannot cannot comment on on that. But <laughs> what's, what's also interesting about Deck, though, Barry, is that the way the the contract was set up you know it's a you've reported four-year deal and and but it's non-guaranteed for the final three years so like there's a there's a chance like deck plays like eight nine games with the thunder um and then that's it That that could be the end of his thunder tenure now those next year could be guaranteed he could be included in a trade or if he works out well he could stay with the thunder for uh several more years but uh, the, the deck experiment could be very short-lived
1: yeah and and but it's a good thing for him even even if it happens that the thunder sort of doesn't pick up his option because the big hurdle for him was getting out of the euro contract right and heck getting across the atlantic ocean now that he's here he can go play so if it's not the thunder um i, I assume there were other nba teams interested in him this is not this is not seventeen-year-old uh, Pokushevsky, Where guys are wondering, let's, let's see what he's doing in nineteen. This is a guy that you know we've been playing the highest level for several years and been a solid player. So
0: yeah, he made a decent chunk of change, I think, from just getting out of that contract and you know getting um, getting at least this this year guaranteed. So um, you mentioned Poku. Did, did you like? Do you like Poku? his step through scoop shot where you can't tell if it's going to be a scoop shot or if he's going to toss it underhanded off the backboard and try to dunk it tonight. He got caught in between resulted in the turnover, but, um, that's like well, the best Poku adventure there is.
1: Here's, here's what, here's what I discovered about Poku tonight. He reads, he reads Zach Lowe on ESPN.
0: It was the exact play. That, that it's exact play. If
1: you don't know what we're talking about, uh, if you remember the play from a few games ago, I can't remember. He's at the, he's beyond the foul line. It, like,
0: was, it was this week. I can't remember. Yeah, I
1: can't. Remember. I think it was Washington Monday night. I
0: think, I think Toronto, maybe Toronto
1: Sunday night. Whoever. He's he's just beyond the foul line and he's guarded and um, he's already picked up his dribble. I think. Yeah, and, but he makes
0: That's a fake. True. Yeah, he, he
1: makes a fake and steps around the defender, and his steps are so long that he can step like six feet (laughs) and then jump off both feet. And he's at the basket already. So he literally almost did like a finger roll from the, from the foul line is what it ends up being.
0: And he made it the first time
1: the ball rolls in and Zach Lowe thought that was a cool play. And he wrote a little snippet today about Poku and he shows the video of this one. He says, you can't tell if he's if this is he's he's really going up and under or he was trying to flip the ball off the backboard and rebound it. And tonight, dang it, if he didn't do this play, <laughs> only this time he does throw it off the backboard and try to rebound it. Now he didn't; he messed it up and
0: it, it clanged a little too far. Yeah, I went away,
1: and Wizards grabbed it. But he literally did what Zach Lowe thought said he might be trying. I know, and it, I, and I don't think he was trying that. It was Sunday night against Toronto, he literally was trying to roll the ball into the basket.
0: So you you think tonight the the one he was trying to pass it to himself? I think wasn't absolutely. just like a terrible miss. No,
1: I think he was trying to. I think he threw it off the backboard, trying to get it back. No doubt about it in my mind. No, no. doubt about
0: it. I, I I
1: maybe that's maybe that's what angered Russell Westbrook. Who knows? <laughs>
0: Uh, there was there was like a Poku Russell Westbrook matchup for a little bit, and I was like, "What is that? Where where are we? And what are we doing? <laughs> what is, what is any of this?"
1: <laughs> oh, microcosm of the uh, uh, then and now of the Thunder uh, Thunder world. And...
0: Yeah, no 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 kidding. The past and the present, and and maybe future. But um, Barry the Thunder actually has a couple days off coming up this weekend, so. <laughs> They will be back in action on Monday night at Philadelphia. Um, So enjoy your weekend, everyone, and we'll be back with you on Monday night.